there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, he is Dr. Batar, and you just missed our, uh, we had a, uh, the sexy segment of the night, and uh, Pamela Anderson has declared herself hepatitis C-free, and to, to celebrate, she posted a nude picture of herself, but we waited till you, well, we, we got that out of the way, so you wouldn't be distracted anyway. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> making sure that that distraction did not affect me. <laughs> okay. Well, we have some other distracting stories of the medical profession and some of the absurdities within it, of course, as we do advanced medicine together each and every week. Uh, but we do point out some of these things to help others that are new to the show in particular because our longtime listeners know a lot about, for instance, the fallacy of uh, fearing cholesterol. And this is an interesting opening story. I meant to get to it last hour. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't because I, I thought you might appreciate this. There's a study that did a cash for lower cholesterol analysis. They, they, they developed a program to say, hey, maybe we could incentivize lowering cholesterol if we would pay patients for a successful reduction in numbers, or maybe we should pay the doctors for a successful reduction in numbers of the patients. Maybe we should pay both of them. Maybe we should pay none of them. And in this study, none of it worked. Really. <laughs> the compliance at best for taking these cholesterol-lowering medications, we're in the 30 percentiles, like 32%, 33%. There's such a noncompliance with statin drugs, and I have a feeling you know why. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting that they're trying to incentivize doctors and patients to reduce cholesterol, and you and I both know that when there's so much emphasis put in something like this, it's usually an absolute waste of time because anything worthwhile, like, let's say, toxicity-related, heavy metals, persistent organic pollutants. Nobody ever talks about it. In fact, it's just ridiculed. So by definition, pretty much wherever they put their emphasis, you know it is probably the least important, if, if even important at all, uh, issue that they're refocusing and diverting attention to, creating distractions similar to the reality shows that are causing distractions from the real issues. Uh, sure politics and economics and such. Well, th so, think about the, the, the numbers involved in terms of, uh, uh, I guess we call markup to, on drugs. If they can now afford to pay doctors and patients to be compliant with taking those drugs, I mean, there's a warped market for, uh, for drugs. I mean, there's no, no sense of reality in this drug market. No, none at all. And, and, of course, you and I both know that it is so far from being a sustainable bottle, it's not even funny. So... It's probably about as sustainable as uh, Monsanto's uh, idea of uh, sustainability in, in agriculture is concerned in the United States. True. So, oh, and by the way, did you hear about the Trans-Pacific Partnership? I know your brother really was you know, into following those things as well, uh, Shide, but the, the, the Monsanto, it's like they wrote the whole thing. The, the, you know, it's like all about uh, trade with Asia, and this would overwrite the ability of national sovereignty in other words if a nation decided we don't want gmos if they're party to this tpp they're gonna like it's gonna override whatever they they want or don't want in regards to gmos so you brought up monsanto and i thought oh my gosh they're they're going at this global governance thing no i didn't i did not hear about that i do know though 
that apparently there was a class action lawsuit filed in India. Um, when was that? Last year, was it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I, so. think I, I think Mike covered the story, but there was a class action lawsuit with, I think, 3,000, 4,000 plaintiffs in India. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I think we covered it. I mean, listen, the, the heat on Monsanto globally, it's, it's growing. The stock is tanking. Yet at the same time, they play long ball. You know, that long view. They look 100 years in the future to say, you know, even though we're, we're, we're taking some hits now, if we get, like, Asia, all the countries in Asia to sign on to this Trans-Pacific Partnership in the, in the name of global free trade, before they know it, because, by the way, you know, as Clinton, well, Clinton before, but now uh, Obama, you know, promoted this, nobody could read it. They weren't even allowed to read it. The senators weren't allowed to read it. And now that we're seeing what it says, it basically base, it, it overwrites national sovereignty, as most of these trade uh, treaties do. No free trade. It's managed trade on a global scale, and they'll mandate the uh, allowance for GMO foods in these countries that have already banned them. Yeah, it's it's amazing that they're trying to even do this. I saw an article recently about the 690 or 670 Monsanto-owned companies to boycott, and I thought that's probably the most intelligent way of us to help facilitate the tanking of Monsanto by not supporting these companies. But then when you think about it, 620 companies or 670 companies, whatever it is, I mean, they're outreach is amazing i mean this is you talk about an entangled web sure and the thing is when they find competition they buy it they simply buy it and even if it's let's say in the organic type industries we've seen a lot of these global corporations these conglomerates that are very pro-gmo buy up these organic companies so the, the money they make even if they keep them organic they've used that profit to go against those who don't want gmos right right exactly you know watching their gestapo like activity and how they went after some of the small farmers and and this the tactics that they used it's it's truly unbelievable you, you would think that stuff like that was not possible in today's modern commerce and yet that's exactly what they do and and the threats and the intimidation tactics and all these different things so <clears throat> it is a strange world that we live in and certainly um, any way that people can within the um you know, confines of what's considered acceptable, you know, short of going out and just killing people, yeah. um, you know, boycott and, and help to reduce their their profits so that, you know, with with some luck it might actually, I don't know whether they could, they could ever be taken down and, you know, go out of business, but um, it would be interesting to see because I'm pretty sure that they're, they're um, the people that have created Monsanto, I'm sure they're probably part of the, the big 12 families and oh yeah you get down to the the control of the planet on some level uh economically or otherwise uh you'll see that they're playing it with those big big boys in those big sandboxes that they have but very toxic and i i would say that they probably don't have enough cholesterol in their brains or they might think more clearly right. or maybe they are thinking clearly they're just evil i mean that could be the other argument here and I'll be back on the cholesterol front because you know they were promoting uh this idea of paying patients and doctors to you know get together so that they could have better cholesterol numbers and again we've talked about this extensively these numbers are bunk to begin with because they don't have real ancestry to determine what is a healthy cholesterol level and we also acknowledge the fact that cholesterol isn't even the cause of 
heart disease. You've acknowledged your own history of your own body, of your extraordinarily high cholesterol levels, and for some reason you're not running for the hills. Right, and the thing is that the the mechanism of action that we're talking about, uh, certainly there may be certain aspects that need to be uh, taken into consideration, but when you start looking at exercise and dietary intake, um, being the two most substantial components. And when I say dietary intake, I'm not talking about taking in uh, a food, of not, not taking in foods that are low in cholesterol. That's not what I mean, but taking mm-hmm. in foods that are high in you know, the vegetable content and, and the, the good animal proteins and staying away from the sugars. It's the sugars that cause the triglycerides and cholesterol and that entire lipid cascade to throw uh, a big wrench into the into the entire machinery and then you've got on top of that the resulting hyperinsulinemia and the glucose um, you know ranges spiking up and then that's what all causes this entire cholesterol triglyceride uh, heart disease issue to actually occur mm-hmm. and the emphasis is put on cholesterol lowering drugs on foods that are low in cholesterol and fat which then by definition they're going to be high in sugar which is actually promoting the problem now so the emphasis is completely on the wrong side. In fact, it's almost sinister because the emphasis is placed on the very things that create the problem to make it get right. worse. And then the statin drugs, of course, then cause other side effects like decreasing the body's levels of coenzyme Q10, ubiquinone, which is essential for the mitochondria to work. And uh, all the research originally showed, as we've talked about before on the show, that the use of statin drugs mandates the concomitant usage of or supplementation with the coins MQ10, but that was very conspicuously left out of the um, material after the research showed it, and the marketing material was left out, and when questioned why was that left out, why was that essential portion left out, the answer was, well, coins MQ10 is too expensive, and so we left that part out. So this is an interesting history when you start looking at the statin drugs and the use of, um, in fact, even their even the red red yeast rice or red rice yeast was it red rice yeah red, red, red yeast rice, rice from yeah. China uh, that basically exactly. is the origin point for the synthetic statins exactly and you know even those uh, substances are known to cause they, they're been, they're much safer and they don't, they don't have the same side effect profile but they even deplete the body's levels of coins and Q10 so you do need to supplement coins and Q10 but the interesting thing is that the original research clearly shows that when you use these statin drugs you must, not that it's recommended, but that you must use supplemental coenzyme Q10 because the body, uh, body s- supplies are um, reduced. Yeah, well, a lot of them, the, the rhabdomyolysis or whatever they call yep. it, the muscle yep. wasting. I mean, yep. if you don't have the CoQ10, the mitochondrial function ceases or is reduced greatly, you are, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. This is why that even when they paid these patients, they wouldn't be compliant on statin drugs. There are too many nasty direct effects that they call side effects. Of taking the drug, and by the way, they were up to up offering upwards of a thousand bucks for doctors who actually met targets with their patients. I can do for twenty-four dollars a month. I can elevate HDL levels so that these ratios are such that the peer-reviewed literature, uh, if they want to go against it, they can. But the doctors would have to admit, wow, the HDL the LDL is so good. Uh, I, I got no complaints, even even if your levels are high. With a GTF chromium, a whole food form, I've done it for many years. Twenty-four bucks a month. I mean, you want to save some money? There you go. Well, these are the types of things that would be super beneficial for people if they start doing it. In fact, if you look at the, the most common side effect from the Mevacors and the, um, the, the, the other statin drugs, 
um, Lopet and Mevacor were the two big ones that come to mind. Their biggest side effect that people complain within the first week of using is the weakness that they feel in their extremities, the muscle wasting or the muscle fatigue that they feel, and they just don't have any strength to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll correct that and a whole lot more as we've been doing for years together. Dr. Raja Bittar, uh, he's also at Dr. D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Lots more healing to go. We do have a diabetes story we're going to cover. Maybe it'll fall into the moment of duh category. You'll have to stick around to hear it and back after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. All right, where do we go? We got lots of stories about food today with Dr. Batar. By the way, if you're a new listener, also his international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. Uh, don't go anywhere without it. Uh, certainly when I'm doing my presentations, it's one of the key books I say, this, this is a must-read. Uh, so please, if you haven't gotten it already, link it up. You can find it. It's also on Amazon. Uh, let's see. We, you know, we've talked about the attack on on medical personnel and, and nurses, right? The whole the whole we got to get everybody shot up with the flu vaccine, even though it doesn't work. But you just have to do it anyway, right? And there's now stories about non medical office employees refusing flu shots and losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen in, in your clinic, though. No, it wouldn't happen in my clinic. But I'll tell you what happened recently, and. My daughter is uh, graduating from college in uh, a month, and she's actually getting ready to take her licensing uh, exam in December for her RN, and she starts as an RN in January. And the hospital, she's decided to do that for a year before deciding whether she wants to go to medical school, but she um, was told basically she had to get the flu shot for in in order for her to be able to work in a hospital. And so this was something that we were trying to figure out how to go about. And I won't tell you what our plan was, but okay, um, I'm pretty sure you can guess what the plan was. But the problem was nobody even has the flu shot available. So you can't buy the flu shot. You have to go to the you know Walgreens or CVS or one of these places to get the flu shot. So they had the flu mist, which is um, uh, inhaled. And she told me, she said, Dad, I think they're, they're going to make us, you know, they're going to watch us. Uh-huh. And, uh, boy, you talk about, you know, how all the things that we did. Because she did take She said, I don't have a choice now because otherwise I can't take my exam. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I was a little shocked, but I understood what she was saying. And uh, so she she calls me and she says, here's what I need you to do, Dad. She goes, I need some coconut oil. Uh, I need the, uh, the uh, silver. Mm-hmm. And um, she basically coated her nose mm-hmm. with the coconut oil. She did her own little research to find out what you know. What do you do to make sure that you don't you, know, you, you minimize this uh, effect? So basically, she took coconut oil, put it in her nose. She sprayed the silver before. Yep. She went in there. They did the flu mist, and she said the pharmacist watched her. Then he went to get the vial to uh, or to sign off on the paperwork. So she blew her nose. Yep. Um, she went to the bathroom, rinsed it out, sprayed more silver. Beautiful. To the office got an ozone UVBI and a, and a molecular ionic silver solution IV. Nice. And um, then continue to use silver for another uh, 24 hours. <laughs> so, nice. You know, listen, she neutralized because that, that flu mist is a live virus. You will shed right. that for 28 days, they say. 
Right. So, but the thing is that the one good thing about the the live virus is that things like ozone and silver are going to be even more effective. Against exactly. Exactly. You you actually nailed it. That's a brilliant strategy for some. Listen to that. For those who are cornered in the way that your daughter is, that you know you you, you can't get out of it. And I, I don't like those scenarios any more than you do, Doctor Batar. But that's a brilliant strategy. You're going to neutralize the negative impact, and you're going to stop it from ever. Uh, let's say, shedding for others who are genuinely vulnerable should this thing happen. You know, the funny thing was, though, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this whole scenario unfolding before me, and I'm thinking, look at the amount of effort that we're doing to just be in compliance with the law that's ridic- or the requirement that's ridiculous from these hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to safeguard your own health, you have to do this foolish thing, and then, uh, you know, spend, I mean, the flu miss was, I think, $40, but, you know, the two IVs and all that other stuff, and I had not heard about the coconut oil. That was pretty smart. Too. Well, lauric acid is, is one of those things that can help, but also just the fact that you slicked it out, you know, yeah. it's going to yeah. have a harder access into your mucous membranes. Exactly, because it's providing a coating to that, that, mm-hmm. that's more difficult for the virus to penetrate. Exactly. Um, so, uh, anyway, I just thought it was, uh, it was interesting, and, and she came up with the whole plan herself. She told me exactly what she needed. Because I've never bothered looking at, you know, how do you prevent it? So she said, okay, i got to take it, Dad. This is what I need. I need X, Y, and Z. And she did it all. And then I told her, I said, well, listen, as soon as you do it, come back to the office. So she actually left from the, because she works in the office. She left from the office, got it, came back, and immediately was hooked up with an IV and uh, did all the things. Oh, nice. Neutralize it very well. You can also do, uh, you know, the multi-strain flu relief formulas out there homeopathically if you'd like. Uh, there are, you know, this is, you know, it's interesting because it's a different formulation than that which they inject. I don't believe there's any mercury in the flu, in the flu mist one either. So, um, so yeah, advantages. Nicely done. Uh, tell your daughter, way to go. We were very proud of her. Good, good strategy there. All right, when we come back, uh, moment of dub perhaps related to diabetes type 2. Yeah, indeed, and uh, has to do with some home cooking, perhaps. I like home cooking. I know Dr. Batar does, too. We're going to come back with more powerful healing. It's Advanced Medicine, MedicalRewind.com. If you ever miss a show, the easiest way to catch it with Dr. Batar. You're listening to The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All right, if you want to know what we're covering or what we've already covered, go to robertscabell.com, linking out to all the, the cool stories that we cover, but give you perspective that you won't hear anywhere else in the broadcast media, including yeah, much of the alternative media. We've got viewpoints that are unique, uh, you know, partly because of Dr. Batar's unique set of skills, partly because of my own, partly because Super Don makes it sound so good. <laughs> so we got a lot of things going on here. And if you ever miss a show, uh, particularly our second hour Monday evenings, medicalrewind.com, easiest way to get right to it. Hundreds of hours of great, great healing, broadcast healing information. Uh, Dr. Batar, we, you know, sometimes uh, from time to time, of course, we like to refer to the scientific literature when appropriate, uh, studies that are done. Some of them, you know, uh, that actually do push the uh, research envelope in a good way. Others where you just scratch your head and you wonder uh, if we have once again encountered uh, today's moment of duh. What are you people? On dope? <laughs> Amalgamated Association of Morons. Local 6 and 7 8. You're crazy! What is your major mouth? 
Yes, today's moment of duh brought to you by Mom's Home Cooking. It might be a little bit better, a wee bit better for you. If you have type 2 diabetes, it can reduce your incidence of type 2 diabetes. It might even reverse it. Dr. Batar, is this counterintuitive or is this a moment of duh? Home cooking might be better than going out to eat who knows what. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the agenda of that study is going to be, but obviously <laughs> at home cooking, then you're going to have to be able to control the ingredients. And uh, I would think that that would be far superior than to eat anything else. Certainly better than fast food. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, the subheading here says the study finds it was linked to fewer sugar-sweetened beverages and lower weight. Yep, I think that's definitely a moment of death. Yeah, I, although, listen, I'll be honest, uh, you know, I've talked about my upbringing, uh, standard American diet, fast food, and all the Coca-Cola we could drink. I mean, we were looking for deals. Can we get a six-pack? No, it's cheaper to get a 12-pack. Get a case, right? So we were of the generation that began to drink soft drinks at home, the sugar-sweet and carbonated beverages. And yet, in this study, they're now finding that people that eat at home more, you're actually going to have fewer of these things than ever before. Yeah, so... I mean, I guess I'm not. Uh, what, what what were they trying to show that that basically it was healthier not to eat at home? Yeah, basically they're arguing here that they found a significant uh, reduction, if you will, in uh, let's say worsening of type two diabetes. Sometimes it, it, they consider it a better management. Uh, they talk about the risk for it dropping by. Well, it's not a huge drop, only two percent. Uh, for each dinner prepared at home, they say the risk is decreased by 4%. Uh, so there is some significant statistical evidence to show that eating at home, you are going to be eating better and you're less likely to, let's say, induce this type 2 diabetes response. And somebody paid for the study, I guess, right? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who paid for this. Uh, study author, Gang, not Genghis Khan, but Gang Zong. <laughs> a research fellow at Harvard's T.H. Chan. It's like Jackie Chan has a school of public health in Boston, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's amazing that they're putting resources and money at, towards these type of things, but I guess, I mean, it's good that the, it's good that they, they're they establishing this and maybe getting it published, but the point is, why do you need a publication to, to tell you the intuitively obvious, you know, it's... Um, Studies have shown that, I think I told you, right, about the gastrointestinal study. There's, they showed that um, 9 out of 10, it was a, it was a gastrointestinal, gastroenterology journal, and they showed that 9 out of 10 patients that were constipated just don't give a shit. Oh, no, you did not just say that. <laughs> That's not a bad word, is it? <laughs> oh, you know, Dr. Batar, sometimes I wonder where you're from, that you don't know certain, certain, anyway, Woo! we'll keep... Woohoo! Yeah, way to go, Doctor Batar. That's all right. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. He can say that. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to the next story. Uh, a mom's excessive caffeine habit contributed to her death, says pathologist. Again, this is almost another moment of duh. You, you've got a woman here who uh, I don't know how how many Pepsi Maxes was she drinking. She's she's already on fluoxetine, a prescription antidepressant, and she says her mother she's just drinking Pepsi Max because she's got a dry mouth. So she I mean, so what was it? So she she died from a caffeine overdose. 
Yeah, well, the, the pathologist says this 38-year-old woman named April, or, was, or is it a death in April? It's hard to understand how they're writing it here. It wasn't directly due to alcohol, but rather the ingestion of excessive fluoxetine exacerbated by excessive use of caffeine. So a combination of an antidepressant and caffeine that, that messed her up to the point of death. Wow. Yeah, and it's like, think about this. As many, I don't know, statin drugs are the, uh, the most prescribed, are, are the antidepressants right up there in the top three to top five for sure. And how many of those people are regularly drinking loads of caffeine? Right, exactly. Exactly. So another contraindication, I wonder if the pharmacists are up on. Well, I, I wonder whether the methoxanthines in coffee or in caffeine, I should say, um, actually contributed to that. Yeah, well, it's another one of the, the stimulant society that we're in. I mean, if we're not happy, we got to take a drug. If we are happy, we'll take something to elate us even further, uh, whether it be caffeine to hyperstimulate our, our uh, adrenal function temporarily. Uh, and then there is a story here about uh, eating and about feeling happier. This, this story says, want to feel happier? Try eating this. Now, I'm going to ask you, Dr. Batar, if this ever happened to you when you felt a little bummed out, and you chose a food that would make you happy, was your first choice low-fat vanilla yogurt? Well, clearly chocolate is the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Now, now, listen, if I'm going to be eating yogurt, it's going to be whole, full-fat yogurt. I'm not going with this no-fat stuff. That's garbage. But some reason they've determined that of all the things that will make you happy, for some reason, I, I don't understand this one, that they've determined it's low-fat vanilla yogurt. That is interesting. Positive emotional response. I, I I don't know. Super Don, you got your ears on? Have you ever been depressed or bummed out or something bad happened and you reached for some low-fat vanilla yogurt and felt happy? Oh, every time. Every time. I just, you know, I'm not feeling so well today. God, I'm so bummed out. I think I need some low-fat yogurt. No, you know, I, I, I think... I go ahead, Dr. Batar. I should do an ad for the, for the low-fat yogurt industry because that was very convincing. <laughs> now, I'm now I'm going to reach for some, right? You know, yeah, like almost if you're happy, those, those you know, you know, when they're frogging on the beach with side effects of death and uh, hemorrhage in the in the background that the narrator's uh, discussing, but it was almost that convincing. Now, I think dark chocolate's the better choice. You know, preferably, you know, the organic rich, not the fake vanilla where they do the synthetic vanilla. I mean, the real stuff. And there's plenty of. I mean, you can go into any mass market merchandiser and find really high-quality organic dark chocolates. I mean, it's not like it's, it used to be like a, the rare thing to find in a health food store. Now that it's everywhere. But, you know, Robert, here's an interesting thing. That what I found the most um, interesting with this particular thing that you just read was that mm -hmm. it was low-fat. They were trying to be politically correct by, can you mm -hmm. imagine the backlash that they would have gotten if they had said regular vanilla yogurt or, or yeah. regular fat? And, of course, they can't say that. So it's a political component that more than likely is why they said low fat, which if it's low fat, then it's going to be high in sugar. And if yeah. it's high in sugar, then you might as well just take sugar. Right. Because that's what's going to give you that uh, euphoric uh, high, if you will. It has yeah, nothing to do with the uh, low fat yogurt aspect. 
They have the proverbial spoonful of sugar, but you, you know that you're right. If you think about it, though, let's go back to that fat issue because we still are battling on that. Even though more and more science validates what we've been saying, fat is not the enemy. You know, we want healthy fats, of course, uh, clean fats. But uh, the fact is, if you're feeling a little bummed out, it can be due to the fact that you don't have enough fat in your system. Because what does the brain and the nervous system need? What is it mostly made of? Exactly. Exactly. It's all fat. That's what mm-hmm. we need. We need. In fact, you know, it's interesting, the brain is predominantly fat and water. Yeah, and, and of those fats, it's, it's a huge amount of, guess what, cholesterol, the very thing that they try to fear you into lowering or pay you now into lowering. And in fact, as we've said so many times before, the fact that we are cholesterol-phobic and that we fall prey to the doctors who are trying to reduce those numbers, we actually increase the likelihood and incidence of neurological degradation diseases, and that would include Alzheimer's. Yep, and um, now th- you know, a lot of those types of conditions we're also dealing with now, the the toxicity aspect with mercury and such. But uh, because with Alzheimer's, you know that's what the, that's what the primary issue is. But yeah, you're absolutely right. These are these are some of the things that people definitely have to take into consideration because um, the 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 misinformation is leading people into believing that there may be uh, a solution somewhere where, whereas, in fact, it's actually causing the problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and as long as we've been, been talking about this, teaching it, preaching it, whatever, and, and you know, I know one of the best things that you, you said, the, the, the quote about uh, preaching without ever saying a word, that's, that's to me, that's becoming the living example. Of course, our radio show would really suck if we didn't speak. <laughs> so we kind of have to violate that concept. But, uh, you know, try to live our lives in a way that's congruent with the message that we, we put out into the world, uh, that you wrote about the nine steps to keep the doctor away. And, you know, as much as we've done it, there's still so many millions of more people that we need to reach that are waiting to hear this message. And I know you're working diligently to outreach further in so many ways as well. So it's not that we're content we're sitting on our laurels here resting on them. For those of you who already know the message and listen to us regularly, there's so many more people in desperate need of this information. Yeah, so I think it's a, it's a good reminder that, um, and I don't know whether this is what you, was what your intention was by bringing that up, Robert, but there is a good reminder, I think, to listeners that, uh, if you enjoy the show, then tell people about it. Mm-hmm. I mentioned as well, if you post it, a link on your website to the Robert Scott Bell Show to Advanced Medicine Monday, we will give you a shout-out just as a thank you for helping to put the word out. Send out an email. Call your friends. Send them. Because, listen, the, the mainstream media is not going not gonna to tell uh, anybody about what we're doing unless they're going to try and trash it because the message is so counter to what they are trying to do. And that their agenda, of course, is to have you subjugated to a medical drug model. That's not what we want you to do. We want to free you from it. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Making sense out of medical propaganda. Here's Robert. Bringing that power to heal back to you where it belongs. Uh, each and every week, Dr. Batard joins me to do advanced medicine. MedicalRewind.com, easiest place to get it. Of course, uh, our GCN, our syndicator, and iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
uh, Epic Times, UK Health Radio, and the new TalkNetwork.com. So lots of lots of ways to listen to the show and tell your friends about it. Uh, Dr. Bittar, over the weekend on Friday, we learned of uh, Senate Bill 646 here in Florida, which was kind of a, a mimic, mimicking of SB 277 out in California. Remember the one to wipe out religious and personal exemptions to vaccines? Yep. So it happened in Florida. A dentist senator submitted this bill that would basically do the same thing in Florida. But we got wind of it through the National Vaccine Information Center. And in about 12 to 15 hours approximately, we had over a 1,000 people calling and emailing the senator and their representatives in Florida. And we didn't expect it to happen. But within that time frame, he withdrew the bill before it could gain traction. And this is an alert because this is going to happen in every state of the nation. They want to do what they did in California. Now, this guy had been given $500 by Merck. That was chump change compared to what they were given, thousands and thousands, sometimes tens of thousands, to Richard Pan, Dr. Pan, and others in California. And the alert is, do not wait. The moment you get wind through the National Vaccine Injury, a National Vaccine Information Center's advocacy portal, start right then and there. Start, In fact, start right now educating your family, your friends, your neighbors, even if they're pro-vaccine, that this isn't about being for or against vaccines. This is about the freedom as a mom and a dad to work with your doctor, however you choose, to decide to do a different schedule or no schedule at all. Well, wow, that's pretty impressive you guys were able to do that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a nerve-wracking moment when we thought, okay, Florida is now next on the hit list. And, you know, one of the things we predict here is that they're going to try and pull another false flag event like they did in Disneyland in California, because we have Disney World here, or they might do Universal and call it the Universal Flu, right, or the Universal something. It's like, and they'll blame the people who are not vaccinating, never mind that they never did find a patient zero at the Disneyland one. They never proved that it was a non-vaccinated individual. We've shown so many times that people who get the MMR shot are shedding the measles virus and actually can be the cause or the vector of transmission. Yeah, in fact, I think we talked about that in the show, too, Robert. Remember the person, um, they, they found that the person that did get the, that did was a cause of this uh, Disney World breakout, they had been vaccinated, and the type of measles that they, that, that they had was basically the lab-grown variety that's used for the inoculations. It wasn't the wild type. Correct, yes. And, of course, that's not being trumpeted as it should if they had any intellectual integrity on that level. But the point is we have to be very, very uh, alert that they will utilize these concepts. Again, they're very, I mean, crafty in the way. Look, how do we make this go? We'll go to a place like the happiest place on earth, the friendly, where the kids feel safe, and we're going to say they're not safe. And so they, they grip the fear in California and the nation, and then they use that in California where the Democrats had largely basically abandoned the religion of their youth and adopted the religion of sci-fiantism or scientism and said, you know, we worship there and the vaccines are the sacrament. And they said nobody should be able to get out of it. I just love the way you draw those. I mean, that that, that tapestry that you weave with your words, is, I really like it. <laughs> well, don't try this at home, Dr. Batar. I'll have to call Debbie and resuscitate you. <laughs> Debbie, I resuscitate him. He tried to do that. <laughs> Well, you know, literally, that's what they're they are weaving a tapestry that is not so pretty over us if we allow it and if we fall for it. And again, this is the game of fear. And if we're not grounded in principle in the way we bring these principles each and every week and six days a week here, 
people can be manipulated to believe things that aren't real and then they become real. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Robert. This is something that is, uh, once you start seeing how they operate and you see their, their agenda, and you especially see the way that they create this illusion, um, the, the false flag events, so many of them that have, that have occurred. Um, but I think the, the way to battle is, is awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly... And- and then the, the the action that comes from that awareness, because you've read the nine steps to keep the doctor away, and you've cleaned up your liver, and you can think clearly because you're not afraid of fat, you've removed the mercury, right? And then you can do what you know you need to do to protect yourself, your family, and help your fellow Americans, or Canadians, or Europeans, or Aussies, wherever you are listening to the show here. We appreciate you. Dr. Vitar, tell them what they need to know before we wrap up. That the power to heal is yours. Yes, it is. The Robert Scott Bell Show.